All right, this is Zach at FF Chalupa Batman. This is the Beyond the Analyst series for Triple Play Fantasy. I'm joined today by James Coe. He is part of DirecTV as a fantasy analyst, also a co-owner of Reception Perception. Thanks for joining us today, James. How are you doing? I'm doing great, man. How are you? I'm doing awesome. Uh, basically, we're not talking about uh, your fantasy takes today. We're, we're trying to get to know you a little bit better um, <laughs> and just kind of see... Uh, Kind of your experience a little bit, just share some thoughts. Um, like I said, we're in the off season now. Uh, we have plenty of time for fantasy takes later. Uh, so just trying <laughs> to have some, right. trying to have some fun today. So thank you for joining us. Uh, we're going to start good, with man. I'm glad with, to be a part of it, honestly. Awesome. We're going to start with with an easy question, uh, just to kind of get the ball rolling. Uh, did you play any sports growing up in, in any capacity? I, listen, I, um, I played a little bit of football. Um, I loved basketball growing up, but you know, I actually broke my arm, like fractured it in like 15 different places. Um, you know, my freshman year. And so that kind of sort of knocked me out of high school entirely. Um, you know, what's funny. I was actually a huge band nerd. Uh, I played trombone and, uh, and I was actually pretty good at it, but, uh, but no, my sports career got derailed early. Uh, because I was in a cast for about 18 months or I was in a cast for about, I don't know, eight months and then had to rehab for like another year. So, uh, so no, no sports for me, man. No worries. Totally. Totally get that. Um, and sounds like everything's obviously healed up by now. So that's great. So, <laughs> well, I am an old man by now. I'm, I'm like a, officially washed. So yes, uh, everything is, is healed and good to go. Uh, you never know now. I mean, Tom Brady just retired at, at 44 True. and. And yes, he very led the league in, I think, passing yards. <laughs> so you never know. Uh, yep. So obviously sports didn't lead you into fantasy sports. So what got you kind of excited to do fantasy sports and, and put you in that path of your career? You know, I was always a big sports fan growing up. And actually, the weird thing was I was actually a bigger fan of the sports broadcasters than the actual athletes they covered. Um, like, I grew up listening to Vin Scully and Chick Hearn, and I loved Chris Berman growing up. And then, you know, when I was, you know, high school, college, like Stuart Scott um, and all those guys. So, yeah, no, I, I was a really big fan of sports broadcasters. Um, and I just love sports in general, you know, like football, basketball, uh, baseball, it didn't really matter. Like if there was a score involved, like I, I was interested, you know? So, um, so yeah, I've just been a big fan of sports in general. And then fantasy kind of sort of just, I don't know, is an extension of that, you know, like I played a lot of fantasy baseball, basketball, football. Um, and I remember my first fantasy league was actually in fantasy baseball. It was like a salary cap league. And, uh, this is back in 1996. I think it was 1996 was my first fantasy league. And then I did fantasy basketball shortly after that. And then fantasy football, I started in like 1999 or 1998 or something like that. So yeah, I've been playing for a while, man. That's awesome. And if I'm not mistaken, I believe you were at one point back in the day, you did radio. I believe you were a reporter, like not sports, but like an actual news reporter four-time Emmy winner. Um, and then that journey has taken you through to I think NFL Network and now you're at DirecTV. So um, I'm assuming all of that experience has kind of helped you to be able to do all the different things you do in fantasy when it comes to broadcasting and writing articles and all of those different avenues that you pursue. Yeah, no doubt. I, I think my background definitely um, has lent itself to being versatile. You know, as you mentioned, I, I've written a bunch of articles um, and that comes a, a lot from my journalism background. 
Um, and I, I've been, look, I, I've been really lucky. I've been really blessed um, to be working in broadcast media for, I don't know, 15 years, you know? Um, but yeah, it, you talk about a, a, a pretty diverse skill set. Um, I started my career. Here's the thing, guys. Like, it's not like when I was coming up, like fantasy football, like people played. But like to make a, 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 a living off of it, especially like through media, like talking about it, that really wasn't a thing. You know, like I remember religiously reading fantasy football articles on Yahoo, um, but I wasn't really like a full-time writer. You know, I was more of a broadcast guy. Um, and so I never really saw it that way. Uh, I actually came up in this industry wanting to be like Chris Berman. Like that's the thing that I really wanted to do uh, was to talk about football and just sports in general, you know, and just be uh, 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 this this witty, um, high-energy you know, sports broadcaster. Um, and then, so I kind of sort of honed my skills and, and brought that into fantasy football and it's been a blessing for sure. That's awesome. And, um, I think it, honestly, I think you have a pretty unique background for a lot of fantasy analysts with all the different types of medium you've been a part of and, and your experience. I mean, I, I can't think of anybody else that says that they were a news reporter <laughs> that's won multiple enemies <laughs> that's in the fantasy space. So I think that's really cool. Um, Thanks, and I don't know man. if a lot of people yeah. even know about it. It's true. It's not like I go around, you know, broadcasting that. Um, it, I mean, it's on my bios and everything because I, I am really proud mm. um, of the fact that I won these awards. You know, I won two journalism awards. Uh, I, I won multiple journalism awards, but I won two Emmys uh, for my work in news. And like we're talking about like covering, you know, bank robberies, murders, um, political discourse, um, the economy, whatever it might be. I, I want, I won two, uh, Emmys. I won multiple other awards in journalism as well. Um, and I think that kind of sort of like, uh, fact finding ability and, and also the ability to kind of sort of like take complex issues. Cause like, this is what you got to understand about journalism. The, the reporters covering it, they do such an awesome job, or at least the goal is to do a great job in taking these complex ideals uh, ideas rather, and melting it all down into this like short digestible form that everyone can consume without having done all the research themselves. Well, if that sounds like fantasy football, it is, you know, it's like you're taking all these complex ideas, these complex numbers, all these different ingredients, you're putting them into a pot, cooking it all down and then serving up something that's, you know, again, digestible to just anyone picking up uh, what they're reading or what they're watching. And so I, I do believe like that, uh, that background has, has helped me a lot uh, in terms of what I do in fantasy football. That's a great comparison between the two. And so our first interactions together uh, was actually on clubhouse. It's a throwback now, but that did happen about a year ago, <laughs> the spring right. of 2021. Um, and you were sharing your experience as a minority in the broadcasting and fantasy sports space. You said that you did not have a broadcaster to look up to that looked like you when you were younger. So where do you think the fantasy industry is now in regards to diversity? Well, I think the fantasy space in particular, look, I, I love fantasy football. I love fantasy sports, obviously, but I don't think I'm saying anything groundbreaking here by saying this is an industry that is absolutely dominated by white males. There's very few faces of color. Um, there's very few, few voices outside of white males talking about fantasy sports. Um, and I, and again, it's, I get it. You know, some, I'm not saying that the people who are doing it are bad. They're not. 
Um, it's just that, golly, it would be nice to see a little bit of diversity in voices um, when we're talking about um, fantasy football. You know, I mean, there's not that many people of color or women writing about fantasy sports, let alone being on TV or on the radio or, you know, doing podcasts or YouTube, you know, shows, uh, you know, talking about fantasy. So no, look, fantasy sports has a long way to go, um, in that regard. So hopefully I'm like, you know, a good example for people of color, um, and in particular Asian Americans who want to break into this space and, and talk about it in some kind of way. But, you know, growing up, it's like, you know, I, I, I saw Michael Kim, you know, on ESPN and he's like the godfather, you know, and I grew up in LA. Um, so Rob Fukuzaki was a local sports anchor here, uh, in the LA area. And, and those two guys that, you know, um, I've actually met, uh, and, and I shared my, you know, love of what they do, uh, with them. So nothing but admiration for them. That being said, it's like, it's weird. Like when I look at like the guys that I really wanted to be like, I want to, like, I, I love, I love pro wrestling. Right. So like I want to be Jim Ross, right? Like I want to be Chris Berman. These are guys that were really high energy. Right. And nothing against what Michael Kim does, but he's not that guy. He's very much a straight laced, you know, by the book sports anchor. And he's great at what he does. Uh, I'm not saying that he's not, that's just to me, that wasn't me. Right. That that's not me. Right. So, um, I just feel like what I do is just trying to provide a different look, I guess. It's like, it's what I do. It's I'm passionate about it. I mean, Jesus Christ, if you've seen any of my work, you know, I am this, you know, high energy guy and I'm really passionate, um, about whatever the hell it is that I'm talking about. And, and I, and I'd like to think that's like kind of infectious, but, um, it's just a different style of, of Asian American voice. Right. And so. And I know a lot of people watching this are going to be white males thinking like, well, okay, well, cool. But it's like, you have to understand, like, there's such a variety of, uh, of white male personalities that you can follow, whether you want, you know, like the Mike Clays of the world, whether you want, um, you know, the, um, you know, the Matt Harmons of the world or whatever, you know, it's like, there's just so many, there's such a wide variety. It's like, gosh, it'd be great to see a, a wide variety of Asian American voices, of African American voices, of female voices, or whatever it might be. So, um, that's just kind of sort of like how I kind of approach it. And, um, and yeah, like the fantasy industry does have a long way to go, but you know what else, man? Like, I think they're open to it. You know, I think, I think the fantasy industry in general is open to it. So, um, that gives me a lot of hope. And I think at least from a Twitter community, if you will, is a little more grassroots level. I think there has been, it feels like a shift in more diversity, more voices of people of color, of, of women. Um, but like you're saying, I think it, it also needs to come from the top of these large companies that are on TV where you see a lot more uh, diversity and it, let it trickle down as opposed to having to grow up because it'll take a long right. time for it to, for it to come up, which is great that it's there, but I think it, yeah it needs to start from the top too as well. Um, and not to make light of any of that or, or be uh, silly about it, but talking about your high energy, um, I think a great example, if anyone hasn't seen your YouTube videos or fantasy zone, uh, your sketch videos, <laughs> they're hilarious. Um, so I just want to know if you had a favorite character that you've created so far. So I just kind of want to go through a, a list of a few of them uh, for anyone that hasn't seen uh, your shows yet. You have, uh, Backman, uh, which is a reference to Batman. You have Fantasy Bob Ross, 
co-exotic sleeper king indiana cones uh jimmy <laughs> summers and co worthington are just a few of them there's a ton of them did you have a favorite um, I would say my favorite is probably the OG, uh, and that's Jim Comer, right? Uh, Mad Fantasy. It's a, it's a playoff of Mad Money and Jim Cramer. Um, and the, he's the OG. He was the first like character um, that we had for Fantasy Zone. By the way, if you don't know about Fantasy Zone, I don't blame you. Uh, but it is it's a Red Zone style show where it's every Sunday on DirecTV Channel Seven Hundred Four. Um, and we just show you every game, every highlight, just like Red Zone would do, every touchdown. Uh, but we just come in with a hardcore fantasy slant, you know. So we just start talking about stats, what players are doing in terms of volume, air yards, targets, you know, fantasy points accumulated, all those kind of things. So uh, we, we talk about depth charts and all that stuff. So um, it's a great show. Uh, and if you've never seen it, golly, man, I, I really want to encourage people to see it. Um, it is such a great show. Um, and, and I just talk about it glowingly, not just because I'm on it, but truly my castmates and I, we really like working with each other, you know? Um, and it's a lot of fun. I think it is the most fun fantasy football show, uh, that you will have, uh, and you will find on TV. So no, it's a lot of fun. And, and listen, I love my, my former colleagues at over NFL network. I really do. NFL fantasy live is a great show. Marcus Grant, Adam rank. I consider them my friends, you know? Um, but this show is, it's like, man, we get to do whatever we want. And, and when I say that, you know, that's true. When you see some of these skits that I put together, you know, it's like, holy hell, uh, they give us the green light, man. So no, it's a lot of fun. Um, but you talk about favorite characters. Jim Cramer's like the OG, you know, and like I talk about that high energy, you know, style. That's Jim Cramer, man. He just goes crazy. He goes, he goes off. He goes crazy. I think the writing that I'm able to do, um, in those skits, I, I'm really proud of. I think I, I do a really good job with the writing, uh, in there. And it is super high energy, high pace. But here's the thing about all those skits, though. Um, I, it's like I'm sneaking in vegetables because it's entertainment, yeah. But I promise you, there's going to be some advanced stats in there that you didn't know about that I'm going to sneak in, and you maybe you think about. You know what I mean? So um, I think my aim is equal parts entertainment and equal parts information, um, and I really strive for that. So. Uh, I am really, really trying to dress up like some complicated information with all this window dressing. And you just, you're going to learn despite, despite yourself, (laughs) you know what I'm saying? So uh, that's kind of my approach to these skits, man. And I do have a lot of fun with them. No, I think you're, you're crushing that for exactly that exact goal because they're very entertaining, uh, but you're providing actionable info with stats that like you talked about earlier, they're digestible. Uh, You're having fun watching you pretend to be Batman uh, and your, your coworkers pretend to be Joker, uh, but you're doing it in a way that we're talking about fantasy football. Like it's just, yep. it's fun. It's unique. Um, it's not the same mundane, just boring. Like All right. Right, you should pick up this guy because of this boring stat that who knows who cares. <laughs> um, so I really appreciate it. Um, like you said, I think a lot more people need to need to check it out. So if you're listening or watching this right now, after you're done, go ahead and check it out. You can find it on YouTube. Uh, all the sketches as uh, where I've watched a ton of them. They're hilarious. Um, so leading into that, we're talking about you creating content um, and kind of your journey. But this fantasy sports space has been growing. It feels rapidly 
recently. There's a lot of new voices out there producing all sorts of different content on lots of different mediums, uh, which is great for the space. Uh, do you have at least like one piece of advice for anyone that is either thinking about creating content or maybe they just got started? Um, it's the same piece of advice I give everybody. You know, you got to just keep going. You got to keep making stuff, right? So it's like you want to be a writer, you got to write. Um, you want to be a podcaster, you got to keep making podcasts. You want to be a YouTuber, keep making video clips. Um, the great thing about today's world, and that's different than when I came up, is you have all the tools in the world to do that, right? Um, you want to start a, you, you know, it's like you want to write, great, go put it on, you go put it on a blog for free. You want to make video clips? Go ahead, put it on YouTube for free. It costs you absolutely nothing other than time um, to create content. And I and I always find it interesting, you know, because people always say, oh, I could do what you do. You're not doing anything special. I agree. You absolutely could do what I'm doing. So you have to ask yourself, why aren't you doing it, right? I don't think I'm any kind of special talent, right? Like for what I, I think what I do that's different than everybody else is, I just keep going. I just keep making stuff, right? And I don't care. Um, I don't care if it gets views. I don't care if people like it. I just keep going. Um, and I think that's the piece of advice that uh, I would probably give people is if you really want to write in fantasy football and in that space, don't wait for somebody to pay you to do it. Just keep doing it. Um, and what you're going to find, I know that sounds simple, but what you're going to find is that it's extremely difficult to keep coming up with these ideas uh, and extremely difficult to keep researching these ideas over and over and over again. For what? I mean, you get people to watch it or read about it for one week and then it's out the door. You know what I'm saying? Um, so I think that part of it, um, I would probably say is probably the most important is that you really just got to say, screw it and just keep making the content and just keep pushing it out. Um, and when you do that, you're going to get better a lot faster um, and pretty quickly too, you know, so, and, and self-examination takes you a long way. Dude, listen, I do a lot of self-analyzing and self-critiquing, you know, like all these skits that come out, like I'm still examining it and like looking at all my on-air appearances, doesn't matter how big or small the podcast, I'll go back and I'll watch it and just try to pick apart little things that I could work on, uh, presentation wise. And I think that's really, really important. So a lot of people can't do that. I think a lot of people do not have that self-critical lens to kind of sort of come out of your own body and observe yourself without all this baggage of like, well, this is what I was thinking. Nobody gives a crap what you were thinking. The only thing people care about is what did you do? It is very results driven. What did you do? I don't care that you had a bad day and then you came into this appearance and you sucked. No, doesn't matter, right? It's just, can you objectively critique yourself and, and be able to get better. Um, and, and when I talk about getting better, man, like pick one thing and just get better at that. And then when you finally tackle that, you know, that little hurdle, go pick something else and try to get better at that. And then I tell you what, one step at a time, man, like all of a sudden, six months later, a year later, you're like, holy hell, I'm a hell of a lot better than I was before, you know? Um, so yeah, that would be my thing, man. Just keep creating content and then, you know, use that self critiquing mode, uh, to try to improve. That's great advice. Uh, so that was the last of the, we'll call it serious questions. Um, <laughs> so if you're game, I have some uh, rapid fire questions for you. Let's do it. 
All right, I will warn you, these are highly controversial questions on Twitter. <laughs> and so no matter what you say, uh, someone's going to agree with you and someone's not going to agree with you, but that's just going to make Let's it a lot more it. fun. I All right. It. So the first one we have is, do you pour cereal or milk first in the bowl? You pour cereal. Who is the psychopath that pours the, the milk first and then pours the cereal? You pour the milk in, then you pour in the cereal. It splashes. Who's the psychopath that does milk before cereal? It's, it's, of course it's cereal first. I'm not going to lie. It's a thing. It's out there. Uh, <laughs> I, I promise you it, it, it is out there. There are milk pours what? first. That's, that's psychotic. Okay. <laughs> is a hot dog a sandwich? A hot dog is not a, a sandwich. A hot dog is a hot dog. Um, and I know, I, I know my former colleague, Dave Damashek really popularized this concept, but no, <laughs> a hot dog is a hot dog. Okay. Just because, you know, it's in a bun, you know, it's fine. It's not on two pieces of two separate pieces of bread. That is what a sandwich is. It's on two separate pieces of bread. And you can say, well, there's the sub and I guess there, there is that too. There's that argument, but I don't know, man. Like to me, I, I think a hot dog is a hot dog. Uh, and a sandwich is a sandwich. They're two different things. I mean, what are we going to say that if you fold up a pizza in half, that it's a sandwich now? I, I don't know. Like what? I, it's like slippery slope. Where does it stop? What a pizza's a pizza. You know, you, you can't say if I fold up a pizza in half and I eat it, what all of it, am I eating a sandwich now? No, I'm eating a pizza. Okay. So a hot dog is a hot dog. Fair enough. Um, should toilet paper hang over or under the roll? Oh, over. 100%. I don't I don't know what like what is the thing I I don't know, man. Like maybe I'm going TMI here, but like it's harder to tear off when it's under. If it's under, you just keep pulling it and it just keeps coming. If it's over, you can pull and 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 tear it off. It, it's got to be over. I, I I don't understand the What is the what's the benefit of doing it from under? Can someone explain this to me? Other than heard. it keep rolling down on itself, I guess. I don't, I don't know. I haven't heard a benefit yet. Okay. Uh, is pineapple an acceptable pizza topping? <laughs> Dude, I grew up in California. So yes, a hundred percent, man. Like I get it. You know, people don't like sweet with their savory and vice versa, you know, but I'm also of the concept that like, or also of the mind that bacon on donuts is good. You know, I think bacon on donuts, I think bacon on any kind of dessert is good. Um, so I don't know, uh, I, it, but I understand like people don't like mixing those, those worlds, but, um, uh, but yeah, to me, pineapple is an acceptable pizza topping. And I know everyone on the East coast is like groaning right now, but that's okay. I grew up in California. So, oh, well, <laughs> all right. And this is the last one. Uh, this might be the hardest for a rapid fire. Um, you're stuck on an Island, but you're able to listen to music. So what is the one album you would choose to listen to on that island? Oh, um, my favorite album of all time is Dr. Dre's, you know, Chronic 2001. I don't, boy, but do I want to listen to that on repeat on a desert island stuck by myself? I don't know. I guess I don't have it. I don't have a, an acceptable secondary answer. So I don't, I guess that would be my answer if I had one album. Um, to go to, I, I love that album to death and, um, I still rock it. I still bump it. We're, we're 20 plus years later, dude, you know how excited I am for the Super Bowl, bro? Like, let's go, let's go. So I guess that will be my answer. 
That's awesome. And this is going to come out after the Super Bowl halftime show, but I'm just going to assume that they crushed the halftime show and, and we both got to enjoy well. it. And I'm assuming you really enjoyed it too, <laughs> if Dr. Dre is your choice go. for this yes. answer. So, uh, 100%. <laughs> so that's it. That's it for the rapid fire. So hopefully it wasn't too controversial for you, but I promise you, <laughs> as people are watching or listening to this, some of them are are cheering you on and some of them are cringing, <laughs> um, but that's the fun of it. Uh, so I just want to give you an opportunity to uh, share with everyone where they can find all of your great work and, and plug anything you would like to plug. Uh, last thing I will also say, Die Hard is not a Christmas movie. So just I'll throw another one out there. Okay. Bonus. Die Hard, not a Christmas movie. All right. Anyways. Um, <laughs> uh anyways but no uh yeah if you want to follow me on twitter that'd be great uh at james d co spelled k-o-h um and again i just want people to check out receptionperception.com um you know we've got a lot of great content coming out matt matt Harmon and myself um we're gonna be pumping out a hell of a lot more content uh going into next season as well and it is it is the finest wide receiver evaluation tool on the market today um and and I'm kind of sort of bringing that like energy and entertainment to that as well. Right. So um, we're going to have a lot of content this, this season, this off season and in the upcoming season, go check it out. Um, it is, like I said, very informative. Um, and I promise you, if you, if you use it, you will find a sleeper way before your competitors. Um, it is an awesome, awesome evaluation tool and helps you find guys uh, way before they actually make it big. Uh, and that's, that's the name of the game. <laughs> uh, when you're playing fantasy football, man, like you have to find home runs late later in your draft. And this tool, uh, is the tool to help you find wide receivers late in your draft. So that's all I'll say. But yeah, if you want to follow me on YouTube as well, uh, by all means at James D Co. look y'all at James D Co. everywhere. All right. Any <laughs> social media handle it's at James D Co. So, uh, go find me there. Perfect. So if you guys are watching this on YouTube, thank you. Uh, please go ahead and like the video. Subscribe to the Triple Play Fantasy channel. We have a ton of content coming out this offseason and all season. We're covering football, baseball, basketball, you name it. We even got some fun movie stuff, foodies. Uh, so go ahead and subscribe. If you're listening to this on the podcast, make sure you uh, follow it either on Apple or on Spotify so you don't miss any shows. We're coming out every Monday morning for you. Get you ready for your week. So thanks again, James, for joining us. It was a real pleasure. I appreciate your time. Um, I hope you have a good one. I will, man. Thanks for having me on anytime.